Hello and welcome to Fencast, your weekly dose of all of the strange happenings that have gone on for thousands of years in the Fens of East Anglia. My name's Kit Chapman and as ever I am joined by the leading light of the local journalist set, Adam Roberts. You are indeed, hello. And the light's on but no sky's home, <laughs> Alex <Like> Barnell. I thought I thought I'd tie it in for you for your broadband trouble that you've been having this week. Yeah, no, yeah, no Scott at home. Yeah, no, it works. Hello, mate. Hello, hello, Adam. Hello. <laughs> we never get to say hello to each other. This no, is true. Hello, don't. how are you? I'm all right. I'm Excellent. all right. I'm, I'm glad to be back in the chair. Well, this is exciting news because you have actually moved into the heart of the fence. Yep, I've moved into the heart of the fence. Uh, so basically. Everyone knows I'm not at home right now, but yeah. that's fine because we pre-record these. <laughs> uh, yeah, Heart of the Fence, uh, Upwell, it's where I grew up. I uh, spent a lot of years there. I'd always wanted to sort of move to the city and then throughout my career regress out towards the country and retire in, in a village. And it's all just sort of got a lot quicker. So, so. Sort of like Simon Pegg in Hot Fuzz. Yeah, exactly like <laughs> that. Exactly like that. Um, but yeah, we found, uh, we found a house up there, four bedrooms and it's a nice size. Obviously with the baby on the way, we need a bit more space and can't complain. Got a cracking garden. You have to come around and have a look. Yeah, we'll probably, it's probably some bones in, it, in yeah. the garden somewhere. You, you heard it here first. Everyone's invited. <laughs> <laughs> Round to Parnies for some treats. Yeah. He's number forty-two. <laughs> and on that note, let's get on with the show. Story number one: Peddler Power. So this comes uh, from the diary of Abraham de la Prim. Um, it's a fantastic name. And uh, this is in Swaffham. Do we know where Swaffham is? I do, yes. Where is Swaffham? It's around... Do I? I've heard of Swaffham. Um, you know, my geography uh, is historically very good on this programme. Yes, so, but I'm fam- famously. Say it's, it's somewhere between... Is it between St Ives and Cambridge? It's nowhere near that. No. <laughs> Absolutely oh, nowhere near Swaffham. You have the power of editing on this podcast. I do. You, you, can, put, you can edit it, so I'll tell you where, where it is. Swaffham, or yeah. Swaffham, as it's known to its local oh, people. Oh, it's that way. <laughs> is, uh, if you're on the A47, yeah. you go past West Beach, past Kings Lynn. The next major settlement that you'll find is Swaffham. Further than that is Deerham. Norwich, Kings Lynn. I've so, heard of all these places. So it's sort of it's not it's not far from us as a yeah. crow flies. It takes us a while to get there though. Yeah. I got fam- a lot of family living in You're actually thinking of Swavesy, oh, I think. Oh yeah. But no, uh, no. <laughs> but uh, we'll we'll move on. So in Swaffham you will find a an effigy in the middle of the uh, the, the village or slash town. Uh, and it's a little carved man wearing a blue coat and he's a peddler. And his name is John Chapman. And my question is, why is there an effigy of John Chapman in the middle of Swaffham? I will give you three options. Did he duel on a fiddle with the devil? Did he have crazy dreams that led him on a treasure hunt? Or did he fight off invading Frenchmen single-handed? <laughs> that one. That one. Because oh, we've had... We've, in. One of the last episodes, we had the devil. Yeah. So I think that's, that's still in your psyche from there. Well, that's and a that's famous come up with that. thing, isn't it? Duel in the devil. There's so many songs. Yeah, there, there are. Yeah. The banjo, the fiddle, you know. Yeah. And that's typically an American yeah. uh, folklore tale. I don't think that one. I mean, I think uh, John John Chapman, we must say, obviously no relation to you, probably. Can't be sure. Uh, no, he's no relation to me. We can be sure because my, <laughs> half of my family are, are, are Mormons, and, uh, and and the Mormon Church is very keen on tracing ancestors because they actually sort of baptise them sort of retrospectively. Oh, um, and uh, and so as I understand it, I'm not I'm not a Mormon, um, but um, so my uh, my genealogy has been traced right back uh, as far as it can go, and well, there's nothing of interest. I'm not, I'm not related to a single famous Chapman, um, but a Chapman was a cheap man, so a cheap was a market, and so he's a market trader. So a Chapman ah. would be a peddler. 
Okay. Interesting. Anyway, anyway, I'm going. So your three options. I'm going for he. (laughs) He fought the French. Um, what one. was my, my second option for second uh, So, Jewel uh, on a fiddle with the devil, okay. dreams led him on a treasure hunt, okay. uh, or fought off invading Frenchmen. I, I think Alex has got this one actually, but um, just because the devil thing is, is such a common thing that I've heard elsewhere, I'm going to go with uh, some crazy dreams. Let him on because treasure's big in these parts, so maybe Absolutely. maybe I stand a chance. Yeah. So you're going for the uh, the dreams led him on a treasure hunt. Why not? Well, according to the diary of Abraham de la Prim. <laughs> Written in 1699. Still enjoying that name. John Chapman was sitting at home one night when he had a crazy dream. Oh. Yes! Adam the tides was are turning, my friend. Yeah. Uh, he dreamt that if he went and stood on London Bridge, he would find a great treasure. So off he packed his bags. Wow. He had nothing to lose. <laughs> headed straight down to London, stood on London Bridge for hours. Yeah. And absolutely nothing happened. <laughs> no rich Shock people horror. came past. Nothing happened. So... Exhausted, exasperated, he went over to a tradesman, uh, and, and we've got to remember in London Bridge traditionally that uh, in the olden bridge it was actually built up. It was there were houses. Actually, there were houses on London Bridge, um, and famously there was like a shrine to Thomas a Becket that got burned down. Well, I think they destroyed it. But it all um, fell down eventually, didn't it? It, it, so, yeah. it did. Um, my fair lady. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. And uh, and uh, so he ends up talking to a shopkeeper, and the shopkeeper goes, "You know what? That's really funny. I had a strange dream last night." That if I went to the the garden of a peddler in Norfolk in a no. small village that I've never been to, and if I dug in uh, underneath his oak tree, I'd find treasure. But I mean, that's just ridiculous, isn't it? So John Chapman's going, well, I've got nothing to lose at this point. Yeah. He turns around, he goes home, he goes to Swaffham, and he goes to his own garden, to to an oak tree in the back of his garden. He digs it up, and lo and behold, there are two pots of gold. No. Yep. So, two pots of gold found by John Chapman, and he is so grateful to God that he actually pays for the repairs to the North Isle and the Tower of Swaffham Church. Oh, right. And the villagers uh, erected a statue of him, a little (laughs) effigy, in his honour for for doing that. Wow. Is it still there? Yeah. The effigy's still there, the tower's still there. That's fantastic. You you can go and you can see it. And and as I say, it's it's, it's a beautiful sort of carved uh, wooden effigy. Uh, It's uh, it's right in the middle of, of Swaffham. And uh, he's, he's a little chap wearing a blue coat. There you go. I know. This, I mean, this, this it's a hallucination, isn't it? It's not a dream. <laughs> I mean, who, who? I mean, how would? I I'm mean, amazed that he managed how, to get to and from London in quite yeah, a in, in one piece. And, yeah. and also, he must have. I mean, you don't move into a house when you move into a house. You know, and I'm saying it like he did it in, <laughs> in, in the last year. But you must have some sort of, even in those days, there must be some sort of surveying that goes on of, of who you bought it from. I mean, yeah, how long would the, how long was the gold was still in the survey? Of <laughs> <laughs> You'd go up to him and he'd say medieval something. realty. Yeah. <laughs> he'd say something along the lines of, you know, these are your boundaries. They must have still have boundaries in those times. No, well, they did have boundaries. Yeah. So, yeah. so that's and certainly, then, you know, certainly The tree good. falls within it. Um, no gold under there, so don't even bother looking. <laughs> but, I mean, he, he, probably, he put it there, right? Again, probably a drunk. You know, off his face, he found across it. Forgot all about that he put it there. He then he did something what, else. Broke peddler. Yeah, drank. That's why he was broke. Yeah, drank yeah. so much. <laughs> had a hallucination about it. He didn't even go to London. That was all still the dream. <laughs> the dream. He just woke up on his couch. He dreamt that he'd been to London, spoke to the guy, gone back out, remembered where he put the gold, paid for the church. Everyone's happy, but again, probably a drunk. See, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I've I reckon uh, it could be sort of. It feels to me like the end of a, a very the perfect crime. Almost, he's nicked this gold. And then he's come up with this fantastic story and then found it under his oak tree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just and found it, girl. The church. <laughs> it was just well, there. Strange dream. London, and this bloke <laughs> also had a strange dream. Oh, yeah. no, no further questions, Your Honour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
I like the, it. I wish I was the medieval police go. force along the same as the medieval uh, realtors. I think yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. they sort of come along and do a section fifty nine. Yeah, stop and search. <laughs> I don't know if that's little the right tent section. over the tree. Yeah. <laughs> no. Good but, story, yeah. kit. Good story. Great kit. story. There you go. So that is that is uh, the tale of John Chapman, uh, a peddler from Swaffham. And uh, as I say, uh, if you want to go and see his effigy, it still stands to this day. Story number two, Skull and Very Cross Bones. So this is a story, There, this is actually two stories. You get two for the price of one here. Okay. Uh, this is Whittlesford uh, in 1826. Um, and two things happened in 1826 in Whittlesford. Um, the first one, um, I'm going to just tell you because it, it's a great story and it'll, it'll set things up. So uh, there is a, a labourer uh, named Matthews mm. and the local manor. Uh, charges Matthews with clearing out a little bit of, uh, of, of, of the garden. And Matthew starts doing this and very quickly comes across a load of bodies. Okay. Uh, and uh, they're, I mean, they're bones. They're not, they're, yeah. they're not sort of fresh bodies. Um, and it's probably reckoned to be sort of Roman legionnaires or something like that. Now, for reasons that can best be described as insanity, <laughs> Matthews decides it would be a good idea to take one of the skulls home. <laughs> little, little souvenir. Little souvenir of his of his trip with the, with the, with the uh, with the manners, and um, he places it on his bedroom mantelpiece. Uh, pride of place. Yeah. Pride of place. That very night, there is a knock at the door. Mm. Matthews gets up, comes downstairs, and standing there is a skeleton without yes. a head. <laughs> I, I wanted it to be that. <laughs> and, and I was like, what's he say? Oh, where's me head? <laughs> well, he in can't, a, can he? <laughs> just can't go, In a deep, rumbling, creepy voice, the headless skeleton demands the head back. I don't know where the voice is coming from. <laughs> Matthews, in a panic, hurls the head out of the window. <laughs> <laughs> Take it! <laughs> Um, and uh, and yeah, then then the next day, just tells his neighbours that this happened. Again, I'm suspecting Alex that you might be on, onto it with a little bit of the uh, the old rye yeah, yeah. going on that area. The skeletons are given very, very, very stern sign language. <laughs> <laughs> I am very unhappy that you take away. Where's my head? <laughs> For those of you who don't have the benefit of, uh, of oh, yeah. visuals here on a podcast. Uh, these two uh, have just been miming sign language, yeah. which was fantastic. Yeah, I'm very ignorant as well. I don't even. Yeah, I don't know what you were doing. <laughs> no. But yeah, that's. I, I'm so glad it was a headless body so, demanding its head back. So yes, yeah, so the, head, the headless body of a oh. Roman legionnaire. But that is only one of our stories from Whittlesford. Okay. Uh, do we know where Whittlesford is? By the way, I was going to say. Don't, oh, don't I don't think it's out Cambridge. Way. I'm it is. It's just a train station. It's just south of Cambridge, just a bit, bit southeast of Cambridge. So we're talking, you know, very edge of the fens. But I'm, I'm counting it again. We counted the Gog Magog, so. Wilsford's are just a little bit beyond them, but um, very much still uh, Fenland country. Absolutely, uh, it's it's a headless skeleton story. Um, But there is an interesting story about uh, Wittlesford Church on St Mark's Eve. Do you know when St Mark's Eve is? It's before St Mark's Day, is it not? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you wit! Do you know what? There's people who be listening now going, "Do you like you?" Drop the mic and walk yeah. out. Uh, St. Mark's. Let's think about St. Mark's. Who's St. Mark? Uh, can't think of any saints. None of the patrons. Is he not Mark, Mark? Of, of, um, uh, of gospel fame? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's Mark, where my you, mind was going. You, you may have known Mark from previous works. <laughs> the New Testament. <laughs> Uh, no, come on, let's think. Come on, let's make uh, an educated I, guess. Well, that, that, that was going to be my guess. Uh, was going to be the, well, let's um, just go for the, the disciple Mark. Let's but, just go um, for uh, like uh, April. 
the very good. Yes, <laughs> correct. <laughs> April the first. Uh, oh, four days out. Oh, uh, I'm going to go the other way. So the seventeenth. No, 25th. <laughs> <laughs> April the 25th is St. Mark's Eve. And uh, so Whittlesford Church has something very strange happening there. And uh, it's one of the following. Which one is it? Does the devil ride out of the front door of, some, of, of, the, of the church? It's not, it's not St. Mark's Church. It's just St. Mark's Eve. Mm. Uh, do the ghosts of those who are going to die in the parish take their places in the graveyard? Whoa. Which is, that's a creepy yeah. thought, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that's properly creepy. Or does a procession of Puritans uh, march off to fight the Civil War? Actual Puritans. Sort of or yeah. ghostly Puritans. Ghost, ghost, ghostly yeah. Puritans. Yeah, ghostly um, Puritans. Interesting. So, devil, ghost of those to die, ghost of Civil War. Cambridge Puritans Civil War makes sense historically. It does. Um, again, the devil's coming in here, so I feel like the devil's going to be the right answer somewhere in it. Mm. I've just got a really kind of out sort of psychologically <laughs> uh, and uh, it's so creepy the second one my heart wants it to be the second one because okay. that's properly creepy and I'd be slightly worried if you've come up with that on your own um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna pump with the third one I'm gonna say Civil War Puritans Civil War Puritans Ghostly off, off Brigade to, off to, and certainly there were, the I mean do we know that where, the, where the only official ghost haunting in the UK it takes place uh, there's only one official there one. There is one official one, recognised by the Crown. No, I don't. Where is what, it? What, really? Yes. So, um, uh, is it like Tower of London or something? No, it's so, so after the Battle of Edge Hill was fought, so the, Edge Hill, the Battle of Edge Hill was an indecisive battle yep. right at the start of the Civil War. And after the Battle of Edge Hill, several people said that they saw ghostly fighters fighting in the sky, okay. reenacting the battle. And the, uh, the, the Royalists uh, under Charles... Mm. Uh, were so interested by this, they actually sent a delegation down to Edge Hill. And the Royalist witnesses saw people they knew had died in the battle fighting in the sky. They actually recognised the faces. So they went back to Charles and said, this is real. And Charles I recognised it as a genuine haunting. So this is the only time a King of England had actually gone and said, yes, this is a genuine haunting. Blimey. I never knew that. There you go. Brilliant. Fun fact. Uh, Alex Parnell, <laughs> what's happening in, <laughs> in Wilsford? Do you remember any of the choices? <laughs> I'm going with number one. Yeah. The devil riding out the front door. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Well, if you go down at, uh, at midnight on St. Mark's Eve, 25th of April, any year in Wittlesford, a slow procession of ghosts will yes. emerge from the door. <laughs> They are, pe- they are people in the parish who will... Pulled the rug out from under me. <laughs> they are people from the parish who are going to die in the next year oh, and they dear. descend to the graves that they will take. Do they still do it? Yeah, uh, so so this apparently still well, takes place. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and, uh, can we just rewind? No, I don't. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Any listeners from Whittlesford, please do uh, get in touch. If uh, you see yourself at well, yeah. Even stranger, uh, any couples that are going to get married that year uh, leave the church and then dance around in a circle. Uh, around while the church. They're, while they're relatives. While they're relatives their are taking their place. So this I, is some sort of spectral procession. I just think it's, it's very, very useful for the church, especially that close to the start of the tax year, to be able to <laughs> effectively forecast what business is going to look like over the next 12 months. <laughs> All right, we got 12 funerals up Is there a this parish week. councilman going, oh no, we're never going to fit all of this? <laughs> we got 16 weddings, so that's cool. Some, we some book now. <laughs> <laughs> Margaret, well, book June off. Would, would you like a little bit... Would... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Why is she from the know. north of England? 
<laughs> oh, Margaret. <laughs> don't go on your holidays. Settle, settle down. We're told we giggle too much. Apologies for those who don't yeah, like us giggling. for the giggling. Um, I'm not sorry. Yeah, no, I know you're not. Of course, of course you're not. Um, so, uh, January 15th at eight, uh, 1826, R. Maynard of Whittlesford, aged 14, wow. sent in a poem. Uh, about this, would you like to hear the poem? Always. I'm not going to do the entire thing because uh, I'm going to be honest. Our Maynard goes on a little bit, <laughs> and also um, he's 14. Not that great. Okay. Um, the legend some in faith receive, though most folks now the truth deny, that from the church on St Mark's Eve issue the ghosts of those who die. Within the follow year, they ramble the churchyard till they are found their future graves, where down they lay themselves and vanish underground. And likewise, those who will be wed in ghostly pairs emerge, and so such dare watch the door, tis said, their neighbour's destiny may know. Blimey. And this He's is actually, right. yeah, yeah this is actually a Better tradition that, uh, that, that there's several other churches who claim very similar uh, hauntings in, in, their, in their sort of mythos around the UK. It's known as porch watching. Okay, uh, and there's actually uh, two sort of variants. One is the uh, is the Whittlesford variant that the ghosts actually emerge. The other great variant uh, involves a little bit of drinking. Um, when um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure all of our stories involve a little bit of drinking. They, they, they do, and uh, uh, where where one guy uh, is, is gets a bit lacquered up, and uh, and his friends go and say, uh, "Why don't you hang out and down by the churchyard, and you'll see um, whoever's going to die march out on this night." And so he goes and he hides beneath a gravestone. And then his friends jump out and scare him. And he, <laughs> which, <laughs> which is exactly what should happen here. It is. But there we go. So if you happen to be in uh, in Whittlesford on uh, on the 25th of April, um, so obviously we're about a year away at the moment, uh, do let us know if you, if you see anything around the church at night. Story number three, what a whirl. So, as always, we like to end uh, our, our podcast with a story that's something tangible, it's a custom, it's a folk tradition, or it's something that we have solid evidence for. You're telling me there isn't... Well, we know there's solid evidence of ghosts now. There's royal evidence of ghosts. There is, so there, there is royal, all, royal all ascent. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's Edge Hill, and that is um, nowhere near the fence. Damn. So, this is uh, an event that occurred until 1860. Uh, we know it did occur... Uh, what would you do on Whirling Sunday in Leverington? And this, uh, do you know where Leverington is? Yeah, I used to live near. I used to live in a, the next village along Gorefield. Leverington is. Uh, One day I will get something from Warboys. One day. <laughs> <laughs> no, Le- Leverington's uh, not far from Whitbridge. Yeah. He- heading out towards sort of Holbeach and Spalding from Whitbridge. Very good. Uh, so, what would you do on Whirling Sunday? Uh, and I'll tell you, it's in the middle of Lent. So again, it could be in April, but traditionally it would be around March. Uh, do you eat cakes and watch boxing matches? Do you dance in a spiral dress like a Turk? Or do you dance the maypole in the village pond? Ooh. Dance the maypole in the village pond. I, I quite <laughs> like uh, cakes and boxing. Um, sounds like a, a pretty, cake, pretty cake, good... Cakes and boxing. Yeah. <laughs> That's a fairly good good night out, isn't it? Pay-per-view and, uh, and some sweets. I don't think they have pay-per-view in the, in the no, middle probably of the Well, they might have to pay two view. You never know. Well, well yeah. certainly there were boxing matches, and, and boxing in those days, we've got to remember, uh, didn't have the uh, the Queensbury rules, yeah. uh, as we like to think of them. So there were no gloves, and uh, and rounds just went on until someone was out conscious. Oh, I tell you what, we've got to try something. A total aside, I don't know if this will make it in. Um, I was at Download Festival this weekend, um, so if this is going out really late, you'll be able to tell when we recorded this. But um, there's this thing, uh, Download Demolition. 
And it's literally blokes in suits of armour battering the hell out of each other. Not choreographed. Not just a load of blokes and some women too. Mm -hmm. uh, full suits of armour clunking each other on the head with axes, I kid you not, that would could happily kill a man. I mean, they're blunt, I would imagine. But it is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, you know, when you say Queensbury rules, these guys are just throwing each other over fences. It's mental. Those LARPers, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, I have two questions for you. Okay. Um, I assume that you wanted to have a go. So two, my first question is, have a go. How, how did you get on? And, and, the second, and the second question was, how big was she? She was huge. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and that's got nothing to do with... <laughs> sort of Brienne of Tarth kind yeah, of... Yeah. No, uh, the women there were, were actually quite petite, but absolutely could kill me. Oh no, absolutely, um, and 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 fair play to any anyone of any gender who uh, goes into that. Yeah, uh, this this is this is. Uh, there were a lot of people. Absolutely, an equality. Incredible injuries, but yeah, it was uh, it was mental. So it does still, you know, that kind of thing does still still draw the crowd. So I'm sticking with my my boxing and cakes. Boxing and cakes, and Alex, you were going for. Uh, Maypole in the, in the lake. It's interesting that neither of you went for for dancing in a spiral dress like a Turk. Considering it was Whirling Day, I like the image. Considering it was Whirling Day, Whirling Dervishes. That's that's what I was trying to lead you off on. Uh, but uh, but neither of you took the bait. We're too too uh, smart for that, right? We're, we, listen, we're fourteen or so episodes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're so, whenever this and, episode and, goes and you out. Um, and you live uh, you uh, live just down the way from Leverington, Alex. Yeah, yeah. So it's very interesting that you think there's a pond in the middle of Leverington, uh, <laughs> given that you know it. Well, I moved away a long time ago. I'm feeling pretty confident uh, about my answer now. <laughs> uh, and I'm not saying that at the time there wasn't a pond. I mean, ponds do come and go. This is true. This is true. In the 18th century, while busy making cakes on Easter Sunday, hey. a young woman uh, invited a load of her neighbours to come by. Uh, one of the neighbours turned out to be the devil in disguise. Oh, is our devil. There's our devil. <laughs> I told you he was coming. The devil appeared, changed into a whirlwind, and carried her over the steeple of Leverington Church. <laughs> I don't know if that's <laughs> a euphemism. <laughs> or uh, <laughs> since, the, since that day, uh, whirling cakes or whirlwind cakes have been eaten in Leverington. And uh, it became such a festival, it had no religious significance at all. Mm. In the middle of Lent, there was no sort of ceremonies or anything like that. So people started organising boxing matches in their houses. Uh, in so, the houses? In the houses. Seems dangerous. <laughs> it, it does. Um, and so so people sat down, ate whirling cakes, mm. and, uh, and and watched boxing matches Do until 1860. What was, what was in a whirling cake? Uh, so it, interestingly, I did look into this, and there are similar festivals um, where it's something along the lines of carling or curling. I can't pronounce it exactly because it's got a C in it. Is it probably the best cake in the world? Is that what well, it, 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 <laughs> indeed, sort of that leans that way, yeah. and 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 that had that involved peas. Okay. Um, so I, I don't think it's a particularly nice cake. No. <laughs> um, I imagine it's sort of uh, because it's Lent. Um, it ties in almost with a sort of Shrove Tuesday, that kind of idea of using up all of the ingredients. Yeah. And I'm sure that that's that's some kind of link to it. Um, but uh, very interesting that this this tradition, no one seems to know where this came from. This yeah. idea of this woman being carried over the steeple by the devil, but it is is very much uh, part of the oral tradition of, of Leverington. Wow, yeah. I got christened in Leverington Church, and yet you didn't notice. Well, I suppose you didn't notice at the time there was a pond there. That wasn't yeah. did, 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 did you notice a, a young lady <laughs> stuck at the top? <laughs> is that what you thought water was? That <laughs> yeah, yeah, that must be why. I, I, I just request associate it. Yeah. Um, that's a great story. There, there, there you go. So that's what's going on in Leverington. Uh, next time, um, well, I'll give you. I'm going to give you the option. Actually, you can have one of two things. Um, either we can do the Witches of War Boys this season, or we can hold it off for next season. Mm. Or I can tell you probably the best escape story you will ever hear, uh, based in the Fens. 
I, and I two other stories as well. I like the I like the idea of the Witches War Boys as the season finale. Okay. Well, in that case, uh, I will do the uh, the uh, the other story, the escape story, uh, next week, and then uh, and then we're going to ha- wrap up the season uh, with the Witches of War Boys. So stay tuned for those because they are great little tales. And as ever, if you would like to get in touch with us, uh, you can do so. Alex, how can they do so? Uh, on Facebook and Twitter, search for The Fencast. If you'd like to email, thefencast at gmail.com is the address to use. Very good. And if you want to give us a like or a subscribe, that would be wonderful. And a review would be even more wonderful because it means more people can find the podcast and enjoy all of the madness, all of the giggling, <laughs> and all of the, the casual <laughs> loss of ponds yeah. the <laughs> villagers have been suffering around the fence. My I'm fantastic sure, geography. I'm yeah. sure there's a pond in Leverington. I'm sure. I mean, I don't live too far away from it now, so if I go and look at it next and, uh, week, well, I want to. I want to know. I yeah, know we, we want the pond, pond update. <laughs> so the residents of Leverington, if any of you are thinking, <laughs> what can I do in my garden for this summer? Put a pond in there. We also have something in our post bag. Uh, I haven't actually brought it in, but someone has actually oh, yeah. sent us an object, and it's amazing. I love it. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, to the person who did that, it it just made my day when I received it. Um, I didn't stop grinning, and and when I bring it in, uh, I'm sure that uh, Adam and Alex are going to enjoy it as well. So thank you very much, and uh, stay tuned for more stories of the fans next time. <laughs>